Welcome everybody to the Outside Edge, a podcast from extreme athletes for extreme athletes and everybody else that wants to join this crazy journey that we like to talk about. I'm your host, Dave Briscoe. Joined by my ever-ready companion and producer, Mikey Lee. Woo-hoo! Oh, hello, everyone. And hello, Coffer. Hello. You know <laughs> you know what one casket said to the other casket? Uh, Is that you, Coffin? Uh, <laughs> thank, you, thank you very uh, much. That's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> How are things? Uh, things are good. Things I, uh, are good. I, I did not just get back from Las Vegas. No, you yeah. were supposed to be in Vegas right now. I know, now. man. And it's, uh, and you didn't it's, go. I didn't go because it all got canceled. What wah, happened? Wah. Uh, it was, uh, uh, I don't, I, it's hard to get into, but basically it Probably was a, a damn coronavirus. It was, it was a free trip paid for by some people that we were going to go get witness, get married. And then uh. it wasn't their relationship that broke up, but the whole trip just fell apart at the last minute. And so, uh, now we're like rescheduling it for June or something. Oh, what a bummer. What a bummer. Well, so I'm glad you're here. Yeah. They've got what? Three, four months more to think about this horrible mistake that they're making. Well, my podcasters or my listeners are pissed anyway, because we usually release these every Every Monday morning at oh, 4 no. a.m. Oh, so no. we're going to be late today, but <laughs> it's all right. You guys, hopefully everybody slept in. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hopefully they're not up at 4 a.m. like chomping at the bit going, where is it? Right, right. Yeah. Well, speaking of sleeping in, how about our co-host, Shannon Best? Bestie, what's going on, brother? Uh, you know, hanging out. Yeah? Usual. What's yeah, hanging out usual. today? I'm doing laundry today. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. You actually wash your clothes? Yeah. Yeah, I threw a load in. <laughs> That's why yeah. you have to wash them? Like, what, once a month? Is that, what, is that the schedule? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, uh, yeah, that's it. So, but, uh, no, I'm packing up. I'm actually uh, heading, back, uh, heading back to Australia. Oh, my God. Yeah, when are you heading back? Uh, next month. Next month. Oh. Wow, the countdown is on. Yeah, man. We got to get you back up here for a live episode and do some crazy stuff, you know, maybe in the boat or something a little before you head off. Yeah. yeah. I would love to. Probably next week. Next All right. Week. Oh, right on, right on. Right. We'll plan on it. We'll plan on it. So who, who we got on the podcast today, Dave? So who Talk we got on the podcast today is we, we've got two ladies that were pioneers in the world of women wakeboarding. They have won national titles world titles they've invented tricks ladies and gentlemen let me introduce to you dana preble and andrea gaitan oh yeah baby what's up ladies hello there's dana there's dana how are you doing you got andrea too yeah what's up girls Long well, time. I just got back to Palm Springs from visiting Andrea in Kauai. So you're still riding, Dana, huh? No. <laughs> no, no. I was going to go and just ride on the Mastercraft. Got it. Oh, so be a boat babe? Exactly. Got it. Got it. Total boat babe. So let's let's dive into let's dive into your story first, Dana. Now you're the I think as far as I know, you're the first girl to do a rally in a tournament, aren't you? Yes. Oh, my God. So let's talk about that for a minute. How many times did you get knocked out trying rallies? Oh, my gosh. It was rough. I tell you. It was rough business learning that rally. Um, knocked out, not completely 100%. I probably, seriously, I probably did get a couple concussions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of whiplash. 
Yeah. Uh, for the, but for you know, the, oh, figure it out, you don't screw up anymore. Yeah, once we, you get it. Yeah, once you get it, you've got it. Once you get it, you got it, and you don't go through the pain anymore. You got to be tough, though. Did you ever taste the batteries? You know that one? Like, when you fall so hard, and you're, you taste this taste in your mouth, and you're like, what the hell is that? And it tastes like batteries. You ever have that happen? You know? I don't remember batteries. Yeah, it's it's actually spinal fluid squirting through into your taste buds when you oh, crash nice. that hard. Nice. And it tastes like batteries. That's when you know you have a good dinger. I used to call that Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> That's how all the girls in college knew I had a good dinger. Because <laughs> it tasted like batteries. They're like, what does that taste? <laughs> That, that is a good dinger. <laughs> so, Mike, my, every guy. What are, comes, what are you working with there, Mike? A, what a double layer or a triple layer? <laughs> uh, I call it a nine volt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's square. Yeah, yeah. It's, square. <laughs> it's square, and it has two connections on it. Right. That's, that's pretty impressive, Mike. Mikey's always consistent. So every time we have a guy on the ep- on the on the podcast, he always asks the same question. Tell us about the first time you skied naked. <laughs> oh, well, that's a different story. <laughs> well, let's hear it if you got one. <laughs> huh. Well, let's see. You know what, uh, Andrea, why don't you comment first? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I got one. I'm trying to think. Andrea, you've never, you've never rode naked? No. Ever. And just so you don't think that I'm like uh, some kind of predator, I ask everyone that question, men or women, because the first time I met Dave, he immediately skied naked. And it's just in. And and I'm like, that's that's nice. And he's like, everybody does it at one time or another. It's a great time. Okay. So if you slam really hard and you lose your board, you hang onto the rope and you lose your board shorts and you can't find them, is that technically. Riding naked? Sure. If you're still hanging on to the handle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still hanging on to the handle. Yeah. I just couldn't find my board short. Yeah. I know that's happened to you, Andrea. Um, You must have lost your suit on a few crashes. No. Never? God. I did. Yeah. There you go. There she is. Let's hear it, Dana. Come on. Well, you know, when I was growing up, um, in Michigan, one time, my best friend and I decided it was a good idea to water ski through the slalom race naked. Ah, so there you go. That was volunteering. Really? We did, but we wore light. We wore life jackets to cover up the essentials. Uh-huh. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Boring. Right. right. <laughs> but then I distinctly remember in college, you know, I went to Rollins right on Lake Virginia. Yep. And we used to do a lot of night riding. Yeah, that's when bathing suits aren't allowed. Sometimes those suits just fall right off. They fall right off. They disintegrate. <laughs> they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. We've been there. We've been there. So, uh, Shannon, what do you got for the girls? I know you got a hundred questions in there lurking around. I do. You know, the thing is, um, you know, I don't think Andrea really gets the respect that she deserves because she rode, you know, what, the first two years or the, I, we rode together for the first year. I went my first year on the pro tour and she was thrown in with the boys. Yeah. So it was, you know, the top 10 of, you know, everyone. And she was included. 
you know, and I think she really sort of never really gets the credit that she deserves for, you know, the earlier years in writing and how well she wrote, you know. Talk about that, Andrea, when you did have to compete with the guys and what what that was like. Yeah, well, that was a lot of fun. Um, It was definitely challenging because I felt a lot of pressure when I was on the water because I felt the whole everybody was watching the one girl. And all the girls that were in the crowd and all the women, there was like half of the crowd. That's what you talk about equality. You know, there were so many women watching. So I had a lot of pressure just not to like fall first trick or something, you know. I was like, oh, my God, like I just got to stand my passes. But it was the best experience to learn to compete because I was really like I never felt I had a chance to win. So... I just kept trying my best every time. And then a lot of times guys would fall down and then I ended up pretty good. So yeah, you, you were very consistent though. You, you placed, you placed very well, very consistently from what I remember. Yeah. I was just very focused. Like I was just wanting to stand up my passes, you know, and I don't think if I've been competing with girls, I could have done that. Like I was just out there on my own little, my own little, the only women thing because I wanted the girls to try it out and to do it. You know, that was the purpose. Did you feel like because you were a woman that it was harder, like every accomplishment you did, it was kind of harder for like, I mean, let's, for instance, uh, a guy does a Rayleigh gets a eight and a half. You do a Rayleigh get an eight. Did you feel like you had to work harder to fit in and, and meet the level because you were a woman? Mm, you know, at the beginning, my trick skiing uh, experience helped me a lot. Um, I could do things that, like, Barley couldn't do. Like, I could do a 540 back to front already right off the bat. And um, I could do a ski ski line, a, a body over. I had that at the, at the first tour stop. Like, so I had a lot of um, things in my past that uh, a lot of guys couldn't do yet. And it was fun. Like, they would go a lot bigger. You know how they were doing the style points? Yep. Yep. But since we did only had 10 tricks, as long as I could do 10 flips, I could, you know, and if I stand up my passes, I could I could do pretty well. Yeah, you I I remember when you guys were coming, well, especially when you were coming up and you started pushing these tricks. It was like, holy crap, I better step it up because, you know, and I, honestly, if it wasn't. I just got beat by a girl. Yeah, if yeah it, that, that whole thing. Like, yeah. if it wasn't for you, there's there's no way that I would have pushed myself to the level to get into the X Games. And, you know, I, I ta- I've i told that to other people before, but if, if it wasn't for you girls getting so good so fast, it wouldn't have pushed me as hard as it did. So I've always appreciated that. Yeah, I bring up the uh, the question about did you feel like you had to work harder to like gain the judges' respect, to gain the industry's respect? Because, I mean, you hear that a lot today, especially with all of the, uh, you know, the Me Too movement and the women's, uh, you know, really being becoming liberated and more business women out there than ever before. And they, they always kind of say, I have to work harder than the men do to gain the respect. And I was wondering if you felt that same thing in wakeboarding or not. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, right now is a great time for women, like uh, the equal pay, you know, that started with uh, surfing and soccer, and now wakeboarding is upping it up. I think it's great. Um, Dana and I were talking, like, we never got a, a cut on a hotel or a plane ticket or a 
knee surgery because we were girls, you know? Right. So the, and the whole idea of uh, making less money because less women were watching TV or less women were buying the products was not true anymore, you know, because now all the industry, I mean, probably more than half is women that are the consumers, you know, of all the apparel and the sunglasses and all the companies that were sponsoring us back then. And even Playtex sponsored a tour stop and they wouldn't want to give us prize money, you know, back wow, in the tour awesome. days. And we're like, well, at least give us a product, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were like, what's going on with the prize money? But uh, there were some really good men that believe in women, you know, like Jimmy Redmond and Bill Porter from Performance and Bill Van Sickle from Full Tilt was very big supporter that um, started the first women's wakeboard. So he said, okay, there's a market here for women. And, and that was for magical times. Like, I didn't feel like I had to work hard. I just had to make sure, like, I, I stuck my tricks and did my passes because I felt like I was representing the women yeah. in the crowd and I wanted to do a good, um, a good, um, and, and you did. I mean, you were the pioneer for, for a woman. I mean, if it wasn't for you, I don't think women's wakeboarding could have climbed even close to where, where it was. And then, Dana, when did you come in? You, you were a couple of years after Andrea, weren't you? Well, actually, you know what? I was the first woman to compete on the Pro Tour. Oh, were you really? I was. Yeah. I um, had, you know, with I think that was in 1993. Um, there was a pro tour stop at Cypress Gardens oh, and I, I had just started wakeboarding and landing a couple roles. And so I, I had the group of guys that I was wakeboarding with who were originally water skiers. Um, and I was a water skier as well. Um, but as soon, and Kidder was my ski sponsor. So they, they ended up sending me a, what they called a water board and at that point, it was called the waterboard. And I immediately started landing um, flips on it. And so when that tour stop came through Orlando, I none of the other, nobody had competed. None of, no females had competed yet. And all the guys were cheering me on and said, go sign up. Go ride in that contest. And I did. No kidding. What, yeah. What board was that? I don't even remember it that was, board. It was KD. It was K oh, Kidder. Was it the KDR? It also turned into KD, and then that was Blindside. It eventually it became Blindside. Oh no, kidding. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. Huh? Did you remember those days, Shannon? Yeah, that was um, ninety. That was actually ninety three, and I got here in ninety three. Um, that was that tour that they did, yeah, because they ran it at Cypress Gardens. But uh, I, I was, I didn't get on tour until '94. Okay. So what was that crane? What was that? The first one was at Cranes Roost Park, right? What was that? What was no? That's it was the right. in Altamont Springs. Altamont, yeah. no, 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 not Altamont. It was over near where Bill Porter has his shop, over off, over off of OBT. Hmm. What was the name of that place? Yeah. yeah uh, oh, 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 oh um, you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, well, there remember. was one. There was there was Crane's Roost was up on um, on I four on the other side of downtown. It was yeah, right, you yeah, can it was see on it the right other from side of four. Yeah. But there was the other one that the Bud Light tour was at, and that was uh, where, where Sammy always broke the the uh, jump record there. 
uh, and I can't, I can't remember the name of that one for the life of me right now. But yeah, I think that was the first one that you were at because I I remember that Shannon when the first time we met. And there's a whole nother episode on that one, but uh, yeah, so that's crazy. So, um, so one story I want to talk to you girls about that this just happened to me the other day, and this is really bizarre. Um, so I had a girl come up to me who's been, she's been cutting my hair for years and she goes, Hey, I got this girl that's wakeboarding and I want to send you a video. So she sends me this video of this girl and I'm like, wow, like she's really going big. Like she's got a bunch of inverts and some spins and blah, blah, blah. And so I watch a video and she's like, yeah, when can you coach? I'm like, yeah, well, let me know when she's going to come down I'll take a look at her ride and blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out it was a, it wasn't a girl. It was a guy I- that's gone through the surgery or whatever. Oh my gosh. Transgender. Yeah. Transgender. And I was like, absolutely not. And she's like, well, what do you mean? She's, she's, you know, she doesn't have testosterone anymore. I'm like, no, it's completely unfair. And you know, a lot of people think, (laughs) I don't know. I've been told by a few people that I'm a male chauvinist, but I put my foot down on this because I remember how hard you guys, you girls went through and the beatings that you took. I was coaching Laura Lorman one time and she caught an edge on a toe side five and her eye sockets were bleeding. And I, I I was like, you got to get back out there. And she sucked it up and got back out there. But for, I I completely don't agree that a chant transgender should be able to compete against women. What do you guys think? That's a tough one. Cause it's such a, it's such a new thing to me, a transgender, but it's still a man. Uh you know what I mean? It's still a man and has the strength of a man. Well, there goes our LGBTQ community. I want to thank you for listening while you could. Um, <laughs> I just don't, th- I don't know. Why do we have to start a new division? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I, I absolutely think so because that's what's happening is some of these transgenders are going in now and they're competing against women and, and they're blowing them away. And I just don't, I, I don't think it's fair. they're stronger. Yeah. Andrea? Well, you know, I think it's, uh, it comes to be a, uh, inspiration, a matter of being an inspiration. Like, as you were speaking of uh, the tour and being the only women and stuff, I kept thinking of Dana. Like, Dana was there at my very first world championships. She, mm-hmm. she was already there, and she had already been in a tour stop. And if it wasn't for Dana, like, I would have never learned a Rayleigh. Like, I didn't care. Like, Shannon could do an S-band behind the jet ski. Like, I, I was never going to try one. Right. You know? But if Dana tried one, it's like, oh, my God. Like, why is this chick trying this stuff? Right, right. <laughs> because that's why I had to learn a Rayleigh. And it wasn't very pleasant. It took me a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some dingers involved with learning it. It's, it's a- But, you know, when I see a woman out there doing things, that I haven't done, it inspires me. So if I see somebody, a transgender, maybe it would inspire a transgender person to do it too. You know, like it's just a matter of, I want to find somebody that's my equal doing something that I, I haven't tried or I'm not brave enough yet to encouraging me. And, you know, and that's what other women do. That's a good way to look at it. And you never had fear to compete against the guys. I mean, and like you said, you didn't expect to win, but you were going to go out there and you were making the movement for to pave the way for women yeah and dana was always there already and then like sarah klein came up and um buster and leslie and um 
Nicolette, Marie, and yeah, Marie. Carson, yeah. all those girls was really fun because there was actually a lot of girls that were trans, um, transferring from trick skiing and could do a couple of flips. And we all were getting sponsored, and it was like magic time, you know? Right, right. And a lot of, you know, most of the girls, you know, were very talented as well, too. You know, they, <laughs> they could throw a lot of tricks, like a lot of tricks. Yeah, like spins and, you know, like Dana came up with the railing, the hoochie glide and all that. Oh, were you the first to do the hoochie glide, Dana? Yes. Atagirl. <laughs> yeah. I actually late in my so that was always kind of my go to. I'd always start with a hoochie glide, and I was at a, a clinic. I don't know, ten years ago, and I tore my pec in half in a middle of a hoochie oh. glide. Yeah, it was the last one I did. <laughs> I completely tore it, and now even now, like I've got, if I flex, you can see this big crease down the middle of my right pec. From uh, it sounded like a steak ripping like, that's the in midair. Ow! Oh, yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. But yeah. yeah. So, if I close my eyes and think of Briscoe, I think of that picture of you doing the hoochie glide. Right, right. You know, it's so funny. So the only way <laughs> yeah, I got that thing flat. I can picture that. <laughs> everybody used to stargaze it so bad. And the only way I got it flat was because I skied. I was always a show skier, you know. So when there was a camera, I'd always try to look down the barrel of the camera. And when I got Ooh. in the air, I would look at the camera and it flattened out my hoochie glide. And that was when I stopped stargazing. them. Aha! <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so do you guys keep up on everything that's going on today? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I, I heard Dana, I think it was, that said uh, she doesn't really ride anymore. But do you still pay attention to the sport and who's on top and, and what's going on today? You know, it's hard to stay in touch when you're really not entrenched in that environment anymore. Um, so I do feel very distant. Not that I want to be, but... Um, I'm just not, you know, I'm not in Orlando anymore and I'm not surrounded by riders anymore. So it's hard to stay in touch. Uh, what about you, Andrea? Well, yeah, well, um, here in Kauai, we do a lot, you know, surf a lot. My son's almost 16. So uh, we don't have a boat out here. There's just the river's not really good to go uh, wakeboarding because it's kind of shallow and brown. But, um, I went to the expo last year. To the, the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame has kind of brought me back into it a little bit. It's, it's a lot of fun. I saw everybody, you know, Mike Weddington and Parks and Brian Grubb taught me how to foil. That was wonderful. And um, I hope I can, can come to the expo, at least to the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame inductions and just see all my friends, you know. It's been a long time. How much, how much surfing are you doing these days? I try to go every day. Like I was gonna paddle out, but I wasn't. I didn't want to miss the time, so I didn't. But I'm, after I'm, we're done with this, I'm gonna go surfing. I, yeah. I am jealous. I was just about to say, man, <laughs> yeah. that's got to be so freaking rough. Like, like I think about uh, Dave living on a lake, and I'm like, oh, just any time he wants, he can just take the boat out. But you live in Hawaii, you can just paddle out. And you heard how her terminology. Oh, I was gonna paddle out, but you know, we had time constraints. <laughs> yeah, we had a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, I would love that life. How far is it to walk down to the water for you, Andrea? Well, we have, we live in Princeville, so we have to drive down. Okay. We're like in the cliffs. Yeah. But I could get there like in 10 minutes and then depends where I go. You could paddle out for like 30 minutes to the bowl or something or just one dog dive in pine trees 
How, how often is it surfable? Like how many days a week is it good enough to go out and surf? It's pretty much all year. Like in the winter, the North Shore always gets waves. And then in the summertime, in the South Shore. So okay. you can always find some place. Were you guys, why'd you move to Kauai? Because of the waves and my son likes surfing and we thought, you know, What's kind of like Mexico, but not really. <laughs> yeah, true. But it's nothing like anywhere else. This place oh. is really, really beautiful. Yeah. What and is it's the old? I think it's the oldest island in uh, in the collection of the islands too, right? Yeah, it's ninety five percent of it. It's nature, so it's very not a lot of people, and it's a lot of canyons and waterfalls and places you can. Is it forest, or is it technically have? It's technically not rainforest, correct? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a rainforest, but oh, it's uh, forest, right? yeah. on the top of the, ma- of the island, there's a swamp. The Ali'ikai is the rainiest place in the world. So it rains a lot here. Wow. Uh, Dana, uh, where did you say you are right now? Where are you living? Um, well, right now I'm in Palm Springs, California. And then in the summertime, I live in Fairfield, Iowa. Iowa. That's what, that's what I remember. Um, yeah. Big difference and big change for me. Yeah, no kidding. Going from cornfields, like waving cornfields to waving waters, I imagine. But, but um, what would you say the cost of rent for an apartment is in Iowa? Oh, geez. The cost of living there is very low. Yeah. But then Palm Springs, and Palm Springs is actually the desert. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's about two hours inland from L.A. and San Diego. If you go, you- like, right it's inland. called Palm you Springs, Americans and it's, so and it's there's no spring. <laughs> I know. Well, Palm Beach is what Palm Beach, Florida, is on the ocean, and you get your water and your waves. But right. this you, Mike, you are horrible. You are horrible. Dude. Why? You didn't know that Palm Springs is in the desert? No. How the hell is anybody going to know that? <laughs> everybody knows. It's it's where everybody goes to do rehab. They have all the rehab. Did you rehab? You know what that yeah. is? Yeah, there are a lot of rehabs here. Like Betty Ford is here. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that your sponsor allowed you to come on the podcast today, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It is like such a great winter spot. Everyone from LA and San Diego. Well, besides rehab, like all the movie stars. Uh-huh. I'm here, like back in the day, this was the movie star mecca. Oh, gotcha. I have uh, no not, idea. Not as much these days, but you still do get a lot of the Hollywood people out here. I guess they wake up from rehab and they go, oh, this is what it looks They're like. like. Oh, this I is what the world looks like. Now. It's sunny and warm. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Andrea, what about the cost of an apartment in Hawaii? Oh, it's really expensive over here. How much? Yeah. Really expensive. I think like a one bedroom is like seventeen hundred or Ooh. Yeah, two. It's a yeah. There's not a lot of places, you know, because it's like the the island. You only live by the the road by the side. It's not very uh, built. So. Yeah. Wow. How do people pay for that? That's my question. Living in, when I hear somebody or talk to somebody who lives in Hawaii, and I hear that a, a one bedroom place is seventeen hundred a month. You're not making that at Seven Eleven. Like, what do people do there besides surf? Well, you got to get creative, you know? <laughs> you got to be rich before you get there. Gotcha. You, you got to have gotta a really good dinger. <laughs> oh, they open up. They open up. They open up. 
They open up weed dispensaries. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> but I'm, I'm... No, not yet. Not yet. Pain, I mean... pain management clinics. Yeah. Is that how Shapiro got away with it for so many yeah, years? Yeah. Well, not for long. It's not, you know, it's not uh, like it's in Colorado and California or anything over here. We've got dispensaries all over the place here. Do you really? And We do. Well, yep, it's growing fast. I, you know, so you you come out of rehab and you go straight to the yeah, dispensary. Yeah, it's <laughs> available for you. <laughs> it's med- It's medicinal this time, Doc. I swear. <laughs> Seriously, you'll be walking down the sidewalk and get a big waft of hot smoke. Or sometimes I'm like, "Is that a skunk?" Oh no, 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 that's a dispensary. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's like the good old days back with uh, the Wake Tech team. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Familiar. It smells like a Wake Tech board bag. <laughs> well, yeah. well, that's awesome. Listen, we're going to wrap this episode, and we're going to get you girls back on another episode. We're going to call this part one. We're going to take you back for part two, and we're going to get a little darker and deeper into the stories. Does that sound good? Okay. Is there anything you want to plug while you're on this one, Andrea? Uh, Nothing to plug? Those days are over? For being a little badass surfer out there. Right on. Right on. I want to plug you guys. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I haven't had an offer like that in 20 years. Rip up those batteries for next time, boys. <laughs> Got a really good dinga. <laughs> Bessie, you got anything to add, brother? Yeah, I want to. I'd just like to uh, plug uh, Dave's hairdresser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good God. Well, this episode was brought to you by Doc Solutions. Doc Solutions has everything you need to make your lakefront look better. Boat lifts and boat docks, and they don't never need paint, never need anything they rust proof waterproof and they last forever so check them out you can see them on instagram or facebook at doc solutions or their website docsfl.com i appreciate you guys and remember to keep looking at us on patreon if you want the bonus episodes patreon.com forward slash the outside edge and keep sharing us and give us five star ratings and let's keep this thing rolling until next time talk to you on the outside thanks so much Hey, Dave. Yeah. Do you think that anybody ever listens all the way to the end of the outro music? I don't know if they ever do. They should. Why? Because that way they can hear outtakes like this one. (laughs) Just tell me if you can hear this real fast. What the fuck is that? We have Dave and I have actually brought you here to tell you something about our relationship. <laughs> right. Now I just started oh, lact- boy. I just started lactating. Thanks. I've changed my shirt. You went through with the sex change. <laughs> uh, I'm saving all this. Oh boy. Yeah, save it all. Save it all. Uh,